So here's the thing. Here's what's great. Here's what's great about today. Speakers are down. House is full. All right? So two things about that. This gives us an excuse to pray for a new building. Let's go. <laughs> so let's, you know, let's be thinking and praying about that, right? A, because look at this, man. If we're going to keep, if God's going to keep doing what he's doing, we're going to need a new facility. Um, and B, it would be great if that facility had built-in built -in sound system, all right? Amen? So uh, to today, today's a big day for our church, right? A lot of great stuff going on. Yes. We have some uh, some folks from Corvallis here uh, with us, but, but I think what we're going to be talking about today is going to be massive for how we move forward from here. We're approaching a size in our church, right? We're, we're, we're around that, that kind of 60-ish, and that's without the house churches, around that 60-ish mark. And, it, and it's here that churches will often begin to stall out in their growth and in their faith. So it is my genuine desire that that doesn't happen to us, all right? Yeah. And so what we're going to talk about today, wow, okay, this is huge. We're going to talk about a discipleship culture. And, and here's why. Because as a church gets to the point where it's getting right now, this happens in Christendom, this happens in, in church culture, people will begin to uh, be comfortable with what the current capacity is of the leadership. And so others will rise up, and it's just kind of our, our sinful inclination is that we'll just kind of, like, at, at, in our sinful nature, we're built to maintain exactly where we're at, right? So it takes a little oomph to get beyond that. Right? So there's a thing that can happen in organizations and in churches called the 20-80 rule. That's where 20% of, of the organization is doing 80% of the work. Right? And that is not, that's not how Christ works. That's not how that's just not how it happens, right? So what can be start what can start to form in a church is something called an arena culture. And that's where uh, people come. One guy or a group of people speak, and then it becomes like a spectator thing, and, and, and uh, right, we become consumers in this world. That's not the plan of Jesus, right? Oh, so we're going to be talking right. about that uh, today, and we're going to use and we're going to use a very great scripture for it. Now, before we go there, I have to ask, if you've been around for a while, please be with me as we read this. Pray that you can see it freshly with new eyes, and as we pray right now for the service, pray that I don't, that we seek the spirit in this room as I speak. I care a lot less about what I want to teach you compared to what I care about what the spirit wants to teach us, what Jesus wants to teach us. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. God, you're doing amazing things in our lives. Uh, wow. We're so grateful for um, what you've given us here, the family you have given us here in this uh, building. Um, God, and I'm just so glad if it's uh, somebody's first time here today, they're seeing our warts, <laughs> we're seeing the sound system failing, we're seeing uh, us running out of room, but God, I pray that we're never trying to put on some kind of a veneer or, or, a, or layer that's just, man, we, this is who we are, right, God? So I, I pray that you're with us today as we read your word. Help us seek your spirit, and, and that's just not a me thing. Please help me seek your spirit as I speak it, God, because there's weight here behind your word, and I pray that, God, I just... I seek what your spirit is doing here as to not mishandle what, what is being shown here in the text. And I, I pray as, as, as we listen today um, that we seek your spirit and, and its, its inklings and its inclinations and where it's trying to guide us and take us. God, I pray for us, this room today, the worship, the singing, the, the prayer, uh, the communion, everything. Let it be to your glory. Because if it's not to your glory, it should be really worth it. Whatever it is, it isn't worth it. God, so we love you. We're grateful for you. Be with us. Pray us in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right, here's where we're going today. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. All right? Come on, Daniel. Be in verse 18, Come on, Daniel. And that's where we're going to be. Um, so I was speaking on this kind of uh, this consumeristic culture. And, and uh, so don't 
don't hear me say this. You all are consumers, and you need to repent. That's not what I'm doing here today. I am more than grateful for, for what God has put on this family to do and how they operate together and their uh, desire to uh, live out the scriptures and, and, and live it out imperfectly, but still live it out trying, right? So don't hear me say that, but, but what I want to fight against is as uh, growth happens and as people come, uh, this stall out will happen. I just want to fight that today Amen. and encourage us and plead for us to not stall out in our faith for God. Because that can happen. Um, so, uh, 2012, it was 2012, seven, seven years ago, I was, I was an atheist. And I was sitting down with some people who were very patient with me because I was a very annoying person. Right? I was sitting down with them and asking them a lot of questions. And, and I'll tell you something that, that started to soften my heart as I saw a group of people uh, really, honestly, genuinely living out the scriptures. Not perfectly, not in a way where everything's fine all the time and we've got this down and you guys don't, but in a way we're genuinely trying to do this while also failing at it gloriously, but we're genuinely trying to repent and, and go after this. Um, uh, two, two movies recently came out, two rock climbing documentaries, one called uh, Free Solo, one called Don Wall. Is that, any of you seen those movies? Either of them? Some people saying yes. Uh, let, me, let me talk about the Don Wall. Uh, one of the most difficult climbs in El Capitan is, is, uh, is in Yosemite. And what these guys had to do to get up this, get up this mountain is they, they would basically, so rock climbing, you put, put an anchor in, you climb up, then you re-anchor, and you just go little bits at a time, right? And so these guys got to a place in the wall. It's like, dang it, I should have brought a video. That would have been more compelling than me telling you about <laughs> um, But these guys got to a place in the wall where it, where it was like this, one of the most difficult moves you can do in rock climbing, all right? And so the guy would, would make the jump for it, and then fall. Now we're talking like these guys are high up, man. Like I don't care the anchor you've got, you're gonna be freaking out, right? And so you see them fall, they make the jump and they fall, and, and they're like screaming as they do it, uh, right? Because it's freaky. And but you know what? He grabs it. Okay? But here's the thing: he would have died like 50 times over if he didn't have that anchor in the wall. All right, so there must be something, right? And so the, the, the parallel I'm drawing here is in our discipleship, let's Fail, but let's be anchored as we do it. And let's constantly fail upward in this walk with God. Does that make sense? Because they made it eventually. They got there, but after much, much failing. So I want us to, to be very active in how we approach our life together in this church, but we must be anchored in God as we do it. That being said, here we go. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 18. Um, and Jesus uh, came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now I'm reading ESV version, uh, so you know I'm trusting you guys can follow along with me. Um, now, this is a scripture that, that many of us heard, have heard many times, but here, here's what I want to do with this today. I, I want to I wanna con try to convincingly lay out something for you, that this scripture is in fact, right, this is Jesus' great commission. Now, now, here's what's massive about this, is Matthew was writing this book. Okay, he didn't know that all these other scriptures were going to be canonized and brought into a Bible. So Matthew was thinking, okay, I just told them about Jesus. Now, what, how am I going to uh, close this off? What's going to be my conclusion? What, what am I going to record as the final thing in this book to communicate to people about Jesus? And first communication, or first conclusion, he decided to communicate 
this, right? Beginning a book, talking about the life of Jesus, and then he says, boom, this. Jesus commanded us to go and make more disciples. Now, now here's the thing about this, right? Now, this is a term some of us may be familiar with, discipleship. Right? That's a term maybe some of you have heard. And, and what can happen here is in our hearts, we're, we're going to start feeling a t- we're going to start feeling a tension uh, between the word evangelism and between the word disciple. All right, and it can be even be an argument over what's important. Like we need to go evangelize, which is church lingo for saying we need to go tell people about Jesus. And then there's going to be a tension saying, man, you know what? We need to camp out right here, and we really got to protect the people in here, and we really got to be in people's lives. And we can start viewing evangelism and discipleship as two separate things. Now, my argument for you is that that's not what Jesus just said. He said something much more fluid, right? As, as you would dig into the Greek of what's happening here, it, he, listen, if we're going to believe what the Bible says about God's power, you don't go and just make a disciple happen, Amen. all right? That's really not what we do. That's not within our power. We don't control the heart in that kind of way. We don't just go make them. But here's what we do do. That was was unintentional, Um, but I'll own it because it's not allowed. Now, here's what we can do, and really a more accurate way to represent what Jesus is saying here is go forth and disciple the nations, engage in discipleship with the nations. Now, Now, here's the thing. I wholeheartedly believe evangelism and discipleship is centered on the gospel, and it has to be. It's centered on the truth of Jesus dying on the cross for us despite us. Both of discipleship is rooted in this, evangelism is rooted in this. It's been us that has parsed these two things apart and made them two separate things. Mm-hmm. What we do is we disciple the nations. We bring them the scriptures. We call them to discipleship. We expect it, right? Don't hear me say anything else. We have expectations of this is what Jesus told us to do. This is how he told us to live, and we're going to live this out. On, right now, that's very real, but it's centered on the fact that, dude, he's died for you. Yeah. Right? Right. And so, so here's the thing. What really can happen is we'll, we'll start, we will start battling in our souls between two different directions of worship, horizontal worship and vertical worship. All right? Horizontal worship being, wow, you know, gosh, it's great. I'm going to sit just at the foot of his cross right here. And, man, you know, you have those people, right, that, that do that, and that's awesome. And then you have the folks that are go, I'm going to do everything in my power. You're coming to church with me. You're coming to church with me. You're coming to church with me. And then we have those kind of people. Listen to me. Both of those are great, but one without the other, other is missing. Right. Point. Come on. Right? So if you're, if, if you're going to be that person, all vertical, okay, here's the thing. If you're all vertical, then what do you even do with your faith? Like, what is it even doing, right? You're like getting spiritually constipated because you have no place to play this out in, right? Discipleship in the cross and the gospel is played out within a community like this while pulling other people along into it, all right? Now, now take the other one. If all you're doing is just, man, I'm getting out there. I'm repenting of my sin. I'm getting righteous before God. I'm praying on the beach, like tearing my cloak. Right, you're inviting people to church with you. You've read your Bible 41 times, right? Like you've just gone after it. Listen, if you do that without worshiping God, I don't want to come to your church. I don't want any part of your life. Because at best, where that will lead you is a stuffed up self righteousness looking down on everybody on, else. Because look, they can't live out the standard, but I've been doing it for eight years, right? right. One without the other yep. is so pointless. It's so useless. So we must be both horizontally worshiping God, playing out our faith. We also must have that rooted 
and gospel focus that we're worshiping the God that saved us despite us and there's nothing, right? We just got no bargaining chips for that God, right? And so we find this motivation here in the cross, in the gospel, to be rooted in Christ while helping draw other people to it. So, so what I'm trying to do is lay all this info out to say, boom, I, wanna, I almost want us to relook at the word discipleship, all right? Because mm-hmm. discipleship isn't just somebody who's been saved and is living it out. Discipleship is somebody who's also coming to the cross and attempting to do this. Mm-hmm. And it takes disciples to disciple people in that direction. Yep. Right? So our goal here is as we go throughout the lands, is we want to encouragingly, lovingly, expectantly, uncompromisingly say, this is the Bible. Do you want this? Amen. Right? I will fail often, and I will confess this failure often, but do you want to do this with us? I'm so glad you're seeing some of our imperfections today. It's the last thing I'm ever going to communicate. We're perfect. Right? We're very not. But genuinely, we're trying to get after this, man. Yep. Like Amen. We want a legit biblical relationship. That's right. All right, so here's what's important. The gospel is central in that we preach the gospel to save. And the gospel is central in that we preach the gospel to build up and disciple. The gospel is not meant just for the day of baptism. The gospel is meant for the disciple who's been saved every single day of their life to hear the gospel and be centered and rooted on it. I have so often, and maybe I've even spoken about this, I've so often seen folks just lose their mind trying to control their environment and just get sin out of their life, that is so admirable to people who can live that way. And I would encourage to keep doing it. But here's the thing. As, as we preach the gospel to disciple one another, the goal is always, always, always that we fall more in love with Jesus. Amen. And as we do that, we fall less in love with sin. Right? So preach sin, call out sin, deal with it accordingly to the word, but don't forget why. And don't forget that it's really not you that changes your heart at the end of the day. And it's really not you that changes somebody else's heart at the end of the day. Now, this is not to absolve us from any personal responsibility here because there is much, and it is commanded in the Scriptures. Uh, Key being the Scripture that says we plant and we water, and then God makes it grow. we got some farmers in here, right? Yeah, uh, Trey, your soils guy, right? Tell me about the labor of planting and watering. What's that like? Oh, so easy. <laughs> 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 not, not easy at all. Not easy at all. Right. Okay. Right. Anybody else want to chime in? Lots of manure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when your life is disciples, there will be manure everywhere. No, uh, sorry. Uh, so, uh, somebody else? Or compost. Yeah, what's up, bud? It's probably some of the most back-breaking work. Like literally, right? Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Well, check this out. As people following Christ, as we set an example in Christ, uh, that is the command. And this is what we're seeing here in Matthew 28, 18. As we go out, we do all we can to plant, and we do all we can to water, all the while putting it before God. Do your thing, man. Because, you know, when that seed goes in the ground, tell me what you do to make it grow physically. Do you get in there and pry it apart and, and, and pull the, the stuff out of it? <laughs> like, listen, you don't. Um, and so I, I want to just be bringing these things together here. Discipleship is discipling the nations and then continually discipling. Preaching the gospel to the not yet Christians for salvation and then preaching the gospel to the already to keep growing in Christ. Two really churchy words here that I could throw out right now. 
The gospel is preached for salvation, and then the gospel is continually preached for sanctification. Amen. Sanctification is the fancy church word for growing, being disciplined, and becoming more and more like Christ. The goal not being to be Christ himself, because even Christ didn't claim equality with God, even though we totally could. The goal being, I will fail upward. I will fail forward. If I take one step back, I will take two steps forward. I will own my sin. I will repent of it. All the while knowing the forgiveness comes not from my efforts, but from the efforts of Christ who began the work and listened to me, will be faithful to complete it. Like as you are faithful to him, he will be faithful to complete the work in molding you into his likeness. So the gospel is central in salvation and the gospel is central in sanctification. So here's what we got to do then. We really got to get good at preaching the gospel. Yeah, amen. <laughs> this is something we have to grow in and how we communicate and how we work with people is that we continually lay out, this is the good news, right? That's what gospel means, means good news. This is what's good about it, that Christ completed the work, not by, like, so there's nothing you can do to complete this year, but rather accept the invitation while being called to repentance and continual discipleship, right? So this is the thing that we step into. This is the great adventure that we get to take part in. Now, now I, I realize I'm speaking to a mixed group of people here. Some of you, this is your first time here and you're like bro i've never heard of the term discipleship all right here is my plea for you get in the bible with somebody in here man and let's look at it because it's legit it's awesome when i was studying the bible as an atheist the first thing that ever softened my heart was to look at a study about discipleship mm-hmm. right and so two things happened in that study a uh i realized well i'm definitely not a disciple because i'm atheist um the second thing that <laughs> happened and there was implications to this that were weighty this means everything I thought was a Christian, everybody I thought was a Christian, really doesn't do this. And I really had to grapple with that. Because I had known some really good-intentioned people that just hadn't experienced the breadth of the word. Right? But, but here's something else that happened. This was the first time my atheist heart began to feel a beat for God. Began to feel a heartbeat for God, a heartbeat of faith. I, I realized this. If people, if Christians, if churches... Uh, follow Jesus the way that Jesus commanded them to follow him, the world would be a different place, man. People would be different. We would reach kind of this fullest potential that is in us that we refuse to wake up to. And this like, and this was this was atheist me, right? And so this was the first heartbeat of faith, but I realized there's something amazing here. Mm-hmm. Truly, honestly, amazing in a group of people going after discipleship, failing at it constantly, but genuinely trying to do it. And genuinely calling each other. Right. Come on, man. Right? So that's what, in this time in our church, in this season, as we get to this place of growth, I want to lay this out. This is what we want to be about. I want to reignite, re impassion, and recommit to this. I will be a disciple. And, and I will continually disciple those around me. And I will continue to build them up. Because Amen. here's the thing, man. Once again, if we're going to believe that the Bible says, then God has put somebody in your life to, to lead closer to him. In every single one of your lives, he's put somebody. Um, let, let me go ahead and reread this right here. Verse 19. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. All right, so here's the thing. The, the teach them to observe everything I've commanded. Listen, raise your hand right now if you've nailed everything in the Bible that Jesus commanded. Let's do it. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, listen, this is going to be a lifelong adventure, and this is why we need deep relationships to be in it with us. Come on. We must continually call each other to this, right? Now, here's the thing. We can be resistant, right? We can say, no, I don't want it, or, or, or no, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just going to go, like, there's got to be humility here. We must lower ourselves so that God can be made more in our life. We have to commit to this idea. Um, one thing I want, to, I want to pull out here, and I totally forgot it, but in the beginning, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore, right? So anytime there's a therefore, you have to ask, what is the therefore for, right? Okay, so he's connecting these two ideas here. My supreme and ultimate authority, man, look, like, that means, okay, let's just pull this out a little bit. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. What does that mean? That means all the authority, like that's everything, all right? It's all been given to him. And, and with that power and with that authority, this is my command for you. This is the direction I give you. Have you ever done something with authority in your life? Like you just walk into a room of kids, I could take you all down right now if I wanted. <laughs> give me a stick, I'll do it. I'll do it now. Right, like you walk into a room and you like feel this power behind you, whatever the situation is. Maybe you're really skilled in a certain area, right? Like maybe you're skilled in, uh, maybe you're really skilled at hiking. And so you go on a group and you guys are hiking, you're like, man, I hiked this trail like eight times already. Like, there's just like a thing about it that empowers you in where you're at. Now, listen to me. That authority that you have felt at a small moment in your life is nothing compared to Christ's authority. Like, nothing. Like, listen, all authority on heaven, okay? Like, we don't even know how big that is. It's huge. All authority on earth. Everything here. Like, think of the things that we, we let have authority over us. They're tiny compared to Christ. Tiny. And so he says, with all this authority, man, go make more of you. And, and so this is where it gets really difficult because I think we get to a place in our life where we either believe, A, that we can't do that. Or B, I'm just too afraid, man. Too afraid to open my mouth. That's unbelievable to me. And, and like, even in my heart when I feel this, I'm like, are you kidding me, Daniel? He said all authority. So if we're not walking in this, man, just think. I don't got the answer for you, but think. Where's my no for Christ? Come on. Where do I believe his authority is not sufficient in my life to do a thing? Right? Because we've all got our no's. We've all got kind of our no box, right? Yes to all this, but no to this. So, so I, man, I just want us to consider, right, as we move forward as a church here, do you really believe you're moving forward with Christ's total authority? Total authority. I was having a great conversation with, with Brian the other day, and he said something awesome that I've just been thinking about so much, man. He said, he said, man, I don't really think you'd get the authority of God. I don't think you get how big that is. And I, that even makes sense to me, because we don't even know how big God is. <laughs> we can't even comprehend that. So just hear me say this. You've got all the authority and power you need to go and make disciples. You know? Can't let fear stop us. Can't let lack of faith stop us. If we're doing that, man, I just consider, do you believe in his authority? Do you get it? Do you believe it? And if not, just pray. Like, if there's a practical there, like, I don't know, just pray. God, pray that I get your authority. Read scriptures about God's authority. Ask people, man, I just don't believe in God's authority. Ask them to speak like some life in you, especially people you know best, because it's often them that can just kind of, kind of cause shenanigans in our life, right? Yes, yes. Like, man, <laughs> yeah. So I'm so grateful for guys in the church that are willing to call me out on stuff. Me and Kelly had a great conversation on Tuesday. Rose had to call me out. It was amazing. Um, here's what I want to do. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. 
Ephesians is a book really kind of describing how we're supposed to live as a church. The interactions, how we're supposed to fit together. Um, there, there's uh, there's some there's an idea called one another scriptures um, in the Bible, and there's 64 of them. All right, and, and uh, Jesus says in John chapter 13 verse 34, he says, uh, "As I have loved, the new command I give you is, I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know you're my disciples if you love one another." So, talk, I mean, talking about discipleship, man, the way we interact together, Jesus says that's how people are going to know. Yep. This is how right. people are going to get it by the way we look together. All right, so there's about 64 of those in, in the New Testament. Check them out sometime. But Ephesians is kind of all about how the church operates together. And so check this out. This is Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Once again, I'm in the ESV version, but I just so believe in you guys to be able to follow along. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse um, 11. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so listen, he just said, uh, listen, the church has all these roles, right? We've got, we've got preachers, we've got teachers, we've got prophets, we've got all these roles to fill. Why? So that we can be built up into, into the image and the knowledge of God until we attain full unity of this. Just hear the rest of your life on that one, all right? Just hear that. Um, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Listen to me. There's a lot more people out there that are going to be more convincing than me than I am right now. All right? There's a lot of people out there that are going to be more convincing. Listen, stick to the word God, man. Stick to the word God. Um that wasn't planned. I got lost. Verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Listen to me. I could camp on this paragraph for like the next year and talk about how we should work together as a church. But, but just hear this right now. Every joint, every part that we build each other up in love. All right? So, so this is massive here that we get this down. Because once again, gospel-centric as we think about building each other up in Christ, we always remember who the head of the church is. Because it ain't nobody but Jesus. Right. Right? That's pretty important. Right. Okay, And so we look at that, and then we talk about that we build one another up in this. We all engage in this. Yes. Right? Like, I'm just so willing to bet if we're feeling crusty or we're feeling faithless in our life, it's because we haven't engaged in his calling to build one another up in love. Right? I mean, take a week. Right? If you're feeling, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling hurt, if you're feeling just exhausted in your faith, listen, man, situate yourself under, under the cross. Man, get your motives right. Get where you're, get, get where you're at. But, but you will get constipated in your faith if you don't start playing this out. I mean, spend a week after that. Spend a week getting centered in Christ. And spend the next week spending every day you've got to enter in somebody's life and work with somebody in their sin and, and reach out to people, man. And you'll start seeing the darkness in the world. You'll start seeing the darkness in this room right now. We all got stuff we're working through. That's right. And we have to engage in this. Man, I just, I just so believe if we're at a place where we're feeling stuck or lost, or can, can I just please encourage this? Um, 
Remember what it felt like to fall in love with God. Amen. Remember what it felt like to be in love with Him. And, and right now, what is it? Get in love with God. Come on, again, Daniel. Man, if you're not there, just fall in love with God. Pray for Him to reveal Himself to you. Do every, like, this is what's awesome about, this is what's awesome about Jesus, right? Like, find something you're so passionate about, because nobody in here is going to be exactly the same. Like, find something you're passionate about. That's like something about this. We're not all going to look the same as we do this. There's, there's a uniform call to discipleship, and as we build one another up, but listen, each and every one of you have a gift that somebody needs in this room. If we're going to believe the Bible, that God knit this room together here. Yep. And every single one of you has a weakness that somebody in here can build up. Yeah. We've got to engage in this fight together. Amen. We've got to do it together, man. I'm just, listen, you're seeing the imperfections today in our church. We need people, right? Mm -hmm. We need speakers. That's the key. So keep that. Um, but my hope would be is that we all dive into this and we engage in this pursuit of disciple-making, yep. discipleship. And remember, as we relook at that word, that's discipling others into salvation and continually preaching the gospel to those who've been saved. Salvation, sanctification, gospel for both. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Uh, um, listen, I, again, I was having a great talk with Brian. Um, <laughs> I, I was telling him, look, man, I don't, if, whatever we're doing here, I want it to be on the foundation of the gospel. And I want it to be by the power of the Spirit. And if we're doing something other than that, I just don't want it. Yeah. I just don't want it. Mm -hmm. And so let's, let's do this, man. Let's do this on the foundation of the gospel. Empowered by the Spirit. Let's go after this together. Um, something else in Ephesians. I think I want to bring it up real quick. Um, Christ makes it clear that the church will be the instrument for reconciliation of people to him. Right? So there's this idea. This, this, there can be a thought about faith and repentance. Man, I'm just going to let them. God will come in whenever he wants. It's like, listen, bro, you don't understand that God put you in his life to call that person to repentance, to call that person to faith. Right? Like, we are meant to be the instrument as we go out and do this. The church is. It has to be us. Yep. We can't punt that. We can't punt that. Right? Mm -hmm. So, again, as we move forward here as a church, wow. this, man, this, is, this is what we're going to be about. We want to be about discipleship, imperfectly but failing upward mm -hmm. always. Man, listen, if you don't want that, two things, right? Talk about it. <laughs> right? Like, help me. Want this. Or, or maybe you're just hearing me like, you know what? I don't want anything to do with this. All right. Like, it's okay, man. But that's what we're going to do here. Right. We're going to be about this. We're going to be un uncompromising about this, this life. Gospel-centered preaching for salvation. Gospel-centered preaching for sanctification. We want this badly. Um, and we got to grow in it. Like, if I'm honest, right? we got work to do here. Not perfect. Not perfect. Um, how are we doing on time? Let's go to Mark chapter 2. So I am... Listen... <laughs> One of the hardest jobs of a preacher, nothing gets done in one sermon, right? Like, this is the beginning of a conversation that I want us to continually have with one another, calling each other to discipleship in love, right? Like, it's just so massively important that, that we do this in love, because we can easily not. Um, oh, you know what? I did skip, like, a tiny point. It's not really tiny. It's actually huge. That we baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yep. That means right. we don't baptize people into the University Church of Eugene. We baptize them into Christ. Amen. Right? And I just think that if we get that wrong, if we get off there, everything else is just going to fly off the rails, man. Because that's what it's centered on, is baptizing people into Christ. So by his authority, by his power, into him. Like, let's just talk Trinity real quick. And I know that's a funny statement to make. But listen, when it comes to the cross, when it comes to the gospel, 
all three are present and active. I mean, we see it here, which is great. But you know, but listen, God planned, the Son obeyed and accomplished, and the Spirit applies. It's got to be about, no, it's got to be about that. It's got to be about the Trinity. Okay, um, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. You know, it's, today's kind of a bit of a different day. Can I, can I get somebody with the NIV version? Can we just read 1 through uh, 5? Get after it. Sydney, please. Um, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Wow, thank you so much. Okay, first thing going on here. Jesus said, or the Bible says Jesus saw their faith, right? Now, listen, I want you to think of like one of the craziest things you've ever done with a group of friends, right? And just kind of the bonding experience that is. Um, you know, a lot of us, it was pre-disciple days, so, you know, not something we do now. But, right, like there's something about doing something nuts with a group of friends that really bonds you, right? It really brings you together. And so I, I look at this situation, right? And Jesus was just, man... People were wanting Jesus. They're wanting to go listen to him. They're wanting to go see him. Like, check this out. In his life, in three years, like three years of ministry, we've been here four. In three years of Jesus' ministry, spoke, he spoke to over, like he spoke to thousands of people in three years. At least 5,000, absolutely more than that. And you know what? When he died, he had 120 disciples. All right? So I think a lot of us can physically follow Jesus, but really not make him Lord. Anyway, um, so he got really popular, and he was, he was speaking in a house. And it was so crowded. But, but these guys, right, there's four dudes. They had one friend, paralyzed in the mat. They heard about Jesus, okay, somehow, some way. So if you're going to relate that, man, you guys heard about Jesus from somebody, from some Google search, right? You guys heard about this church, and we're just here. Like, listen, uh, and the room got crowded, and people couldn't get in. But they heard about Jesus. They're like, you know what? We're, we, bro, we're taking you to Jesus. You're going to get healed. Or maybe it was the guy in the mat. Guys, you're taking me to Jesus. I'm going to get healed. We don't know. Yes. But you know what? They got there, and the house was full. Obstacle number one. Okay? They were like, okay, you know what? I'm going I'm to dig through the roof. I'm going to dig through the roof, <laughs> <laughs> through the roof man. We're just going to commit a little vandalism to get to Jesus. And you know what? Block number two. We're really going to do this. Block number three. They lowered the guy through the roof. Like, watch, like, like this, if I'm speaking right now, somebody up in the attic had just, you just hear a soft. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I really wouldn't know what to do about that. But, you know, the guy drops in, so block number three, just total embarrassment, man. Like, are we really going to go through with this? Listen, there were so many obstacles to getting that man to Jesus. Yes. Here's the thing. We can relate to all five of them in a certain way. Hey, guys, you can go ahead and come on out. Let's do this. A little visual illustration today. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, look at these awesome volunteers. Go ahead and bring them on. Yeah. Let's give them a hand. Nope. Yeah. Bring them right here. So we got Matt McWhorter in the mat. Oh, Jason, Aaron, oh, Yosvon, Ben carrying the mat. Okay, listen, you guys, you guys got him. How's this feel? Can you hold him right there? Stand up if you can't see this. Like, yeah, it's all right, man. Get involved. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Stand up. It's okay. Stand up. Can you guys see what's going on right now? Okay, now listen. Right now, we need to remember this because we can relate. We need to be the guy in the mat. 
being willing to humble it out, man. Are you a little, is this okay? Are you embarrassed? Pretty fun. He's pretty fun. <laughs> Listen, we need to humble out and be the guy in the mat who's being willing to be carried to Jesus. We need to be willing to have people in our life. We're like, bro, take me. I need you. And you know what? We need to be the people carrying the mat, realizing we're carrying somebody to Jesus and the responsibility of that. There's, there's personal ownership here. Like, if these guys let go, I mean, that's not too far off. They'd be fine. But, like, listen, there's responsibility here. You guys, oh, my gosh, you guys are good. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, Matt's such a good sport. When I called him last night, I was like, bro, I got a crazy idea. Uh, can you do this? He was like, yeah, sounds fun. Um, listen, man. We can relate with all those people in that situation. We need to be willing to have the kind of humility that says, man, I'm broke. I need people to carry me to Jesus. I need someone. Not only that, we need to actually let them carry us, because there's going to be a lot of reasons why not to. It's never totally convenient to change your life for anything. It's never totally convenient to change uh, standards, morals, sets of priorities. This doesn't happen. And we also need to be the people, look, there's people God has put in your life to carry to him. Mm -hmm. Gave it to you, man. We got, we got to own that. Let's get in a fight here for us. Let's engage in discipling with one another. Let's get in personal, deep relationships where we're confessing sin right. and we're repenting of it. Look, listen, here's some practicals for making disciples. Remember, there's somebody. God's put somebody in your life. Man, write this down. Get a list. Write down a list of people God's put in your life to, to show to show himself to them, right? To preach the gospel to them. Because they're hurting. They're paralyzed. Something's ruining them, man. And God's put you there to say, hey, I've got the cure. Do we have faith that all authority in heaven and earth has given us to say, hey, I've got the cure for you, bro. You need to hear this. All right, man, let's just do some practicals here. Make the list. Pray about it every single day. And not only people that, that you feel like God's put in your life to make a disciple, but to continually preaching the gospel to them in sanctification if they are disciples. We all got somebody in here, man. We need to go after it, okay? And if, you're, if you it, if you put, make yourself the person in the map, who are you asking for help from? Do you have people? Do you have a group that knows everything about you and you're actually being humble enough to let them carry you to the cross? We got to do this. We got to do it. Um, listen, so I actually had a list of practicals. Let me, just, let me just get there real quick. You guys have been such good sports today. Um, let me make sure I got these down, because I just think this is so important. I want to give you guys like a solid direction of where to move from here. All right? So, okay, first thing, we've got to situate ourselves in the cross. Read the Bible every single day. Every day, man. There's always excuses not to. Why? Because the Bible is what gives us faith, man. That's the conduit. Romans 10, 17. Faith has come through hearing the message about Christ. We've got to preach the gospel. Man. We've got to read it to ourselves every day. Write down and pray about affirmations. Godly affirmations, like, you know, man, God loves you. God wants to see things grow. God wants to heal. This is tough because it's usually not in our timing. But write and pray down these affirmations so we remember them. I would recommend at least one day. Well, I'd recommend one day. And if you can't, a chunk of a day where there ain't no phone on. There's just you and the Bible, right? And that's, that's hard to do. Like, for honest, that's hard to do. But it's you and the Bible, Right? Get time to read every day, but make sure, like, man, if you can, if you have that space, like a chunk of a day where you just say, God, this is yours, mold me, right? Um, yeah, watching YouTube, reading books. No, you and the Bible. There's great, great books, great resources, read them. Great YouTube videos, a lot of great digital resources. 
get after them. But you need time. It's just you and God. You've got to have that. And remember what it felt like to be in love with God. Right now you think, Daniel, look, I hear you. It's been a while. I've seen the scripture and I ain't doing nothing. Remember what it felt like to be in love with God. Remember what that was. Um, when it comes to pleading others to the cross, that's practicals for situating. Practicals for pleading others to the cross. Make a prayer list of people in your life. Right? I think I said that one already. People you need to disciple into salvation and those you can continually sanctify through preaching the gospel and discipleship. And look at that list every day. Pray over it. Because I'm re like, really, people are hurting. People are hurting. In this room, in the world, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation to show them the cure. We're not the cure. Don't get confused. But we have it. We have access to it. Um, open your life, right? This is huge. Open your life to them. Tell me insecurities. Tell me pains. Tell me worries. Open your home. Open your fridge to them, right? <laughs> that we do this together with one another. And the foundation of the gospel, by the power of the Spirit, we commit to a discipleship life and culture in this church. Amen. Amen. Let's get after it, guys. Love you more than you know. Thank you. Amen. <laughs>